So we always start late, we try to end early, all that good stuff. It's 6.40, normally we start more like around 6.45, so maybe some stragglers will come in, but that's all good. Um, appreciate you guys being here tonight, checking this out, this is kind of fun. Um, as always, you can fill out this form over there on that table if you want to receive some texts, emails, hopefully they're not a nuisance or be kept in the loop, and this is kind of the schedule of what's been going on if you grab one of these cards. Um, April 6th should be crossed out on everyone's thing unless you got it in the mail. If you got it in the mail, then you need to know, hey, I need to cross up April 6th because it's not happening. The next time we'll be together is April 20th, then May 11th, then May 25th. It's kind of on an alternating Wednesday kind of thing. Nice phone. Um, real quickly, I just wanna I just wanna throw this out there that I I totally know that the word unforgiveness is not a real word. Just want to put that out there. It always pops up in my spell check. All that kind of stuff. Doesn't stop me from using it. Won't stop me from using it out of style tonight. So, unforgiveness was up this thing. I'm going to use it tonight. And I just wanted to let you know that I know it's not a real word. I don't want anybody to be like, man, no. So it's, it's not a real word. But I think it should be. It will be. It'll only take a matter of time. Matter of time. Unforgiveness. Sounds like a real word. I'm going to use it. Here we go. Um, with that said, uh, I wanted to say the goodness epidemic is happening this week for some kind of youth. Um, the banners over Main Street, people are wearing t-shirts, things are happening, ding-dong ditches are happening, and cookies are being left. Um, random acts of kindness. You know, it's taking it one step further. It's trying to teach students and some adults that goodness can be really simple. And the hope is, is that once you throw goodness out there and you put it in circulation, that it kind of gains some momentum, that it kind of builds some speed behind it, that it kind of has that snowball effect and that it spreads, and that it continues to spread until it reaches epidemic proportions. And that's kind of the idea, that once it's out there, it keeps being passed around and it stays out there and it goes around and around and around. It's that whole idea of pay it forward kind of thing. And that's kind of what we talked about last time we were together in respect to forgiveness. The concept that I talked about was that like revenge, retaliation, those kind of things actually build. That they escalate. That they go somewhere. That it's almost like you throw pain back and forth, and you keep it in circulation. Once it's out there, it's out there, and it keeps going around and around, and it comes back around and back around and back around. And that was kind of the idea that I talked about. I compared it to like the, your body's circulatory system, a closed system, which is ultimately like a giant loop. It's in there, and your body passes stuff around, good or bad, like, and it does it pretty quickly too. Magnificent system. But the idea of forgiveness is, is that like you actually bleed it out. That was the title of our last talk. You bleed it out. You open that closed system and you take it out of circulation. So you're not passing pain around. You're actually choosing not to throw the ball back to somebody, to not pass the hurt, the pain back around. And in essence, what you're doing is opening yourself up to the mystery of life and freedom through forgiveness that that gets passed around and comes back around and comes back around. So that's kind of what we talked about last time, and I talked briefly about the pattern of life and death, which is kind of built into the fabric of our existence, the universe, us, everything. 
that death somehow mysteriously gives way to life, and that forgiveness can feel like a sort of death. Because when you choose not to pass that pain back, that hurts. It doesn't feel good, and it's not easy. But that there's kind of on the other side, there's this mysterious kind of life. And I posted it in the MTL blog, the brand spanking new MTL blog, um, that the Easter story always reminds that for me. Because I grew up in the Christian tradition, and, and I always heard about Jesus dying on this cross. And, and the part that always sucked, in my opinion, was that like he hangs on this cross, and it's the whole story of like someone being innocently accused, and then you know, put to death, and tortured, and then... There they are, dying, and they say, forgive these people killing me because they don't know what they're doing. That's always the hardest part for me. Forgiving someone and actually like admitting that they just don't know what they're doing. Like, that's rough. I want people to know what they've done. you know. And that's a hard thing. And then, as according to the story, there's this mysterious kind of life that comes on the other side of him literally bleeding it out, right? So it's that kind of idea. But wanted to hit that just for you before we go into tonight. Um, tonight, we're going to go back to a phrase that I've written up twice, which is this. Forgiveness is a painful, difficult, long process. And tonight, we're going to talk about this word right here in that phrase, that it's a difficult hard thing to do. Um, the first thing that I want you to think of is rituals. And rituals might be too fancy of a word. So let's use another word. Traditions. Maybe traditions conjures up the right kind of imagery for you. What I want you to think of is ceremonies that you've been a part of in your life. Practices that you've been a part of, you've experienced. That actually you go through and it triggers something inside. And it's an outward expression of that something inside right? It almost marks a moment in time. We have a lot of these. Now, the question for you then is, what is a ritual that you know of that was filled with meaning and marked a moment in time for you? If you have one of those, I want you to raise your hand in the air and share with us what one of those might have been. And if I need to, I'll go first, and second, and third, and fourth. I can keep going. But if anybody has one, Feel free to throw your hand in the air. Yeah. Wedding? Wedding. Wedding is a great one, right? <laughs> it's kind of this outward expression of something that is hopefully actually happening on the inside as well. It's a moment in time. It's a memory we go back to. It's some kind of ritual practice tradition that we understand and we commonly accept. Anybody else? Another tradition. Boom. Holidays. Holidays, any holiday, right? Yeah. Doesn't even matter. I always thought that when I had kids, that I would create a bogus holiday. <laughs> and I would just, and we would celebrate it over and over. It would be like, it's Frog Day. It's Frog Day. And you just wear green. And, you know, instead of saying thank you, you say ribbon. I don't know. Like, But I totally thought I would do that with my kids, and I still haven't messed with them quite like that. But holidays, totally. All, any holiday, really. Like, it's this thing that we do, and there's probably some kind of story attached, and hopefully something's happening inside, and you're celebrating outwardly for something. There's some kind of meaning there underneath it. Anybody else? Any other rituals? Watching the Broncos with my friends and family. Boom. <laughs> Thank you. No, I love it. Like, I was hoping someone would go that way, because here's where we tend to go with rituals and things. It tends to be about celebration. 
this is just something else, though. Hopefully he's celebrating. Well, yeah, <laughs> you never know. Fans can be very loyal, and then they can also just be like, whatever, you guys suck, we hate you. Oh. But, yes, getting together with people, hang out, there's a game on, we're getting together, and something's happening in that moment. Something's going on there. I love that. I love that. That's a good one. Anybody else? Rituals, traditions, practices? Graduations. Graduations, which there's too many of nowadays. But anyway, <laughs> graduate kindergarten, graduate fifth grade, graduate eighth grade, graduate high school. Like, it's like, good lord. Let's go back to one. Just one. No, graduations are good. And they mark, like, a, a transition, right? We're, like, actually kind of saying, like, here's something new that you're stepping into. It's kind of a pathway. It's a doorway into something else. Change is taking place. Something's going on. Anybody else? Birthdays. Birthdays are such a good one. <laughs> Celebrating, you know. But, like, yeah, like, maybe you had some kind of birthday ritual that you were a part of. The boys in our house know that every time a birthday happens, we're going to wake them up early with breakfast in bed. We're going to do presents that morning and stuff. And take out worried last time because he woke up super dang early. And he just waited in bed and never looked at the clock. And he thought we forgot. <laughs> so when we actually came into the room with the cake and singing the song, got all the presents, he's in tears. Oh. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> <laughs> So birthday rituals are cool. Yeah. You don't really feel a year older, right? No. Not really. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> it's like, but all of a sudden, bam, you're a whole year older. <laughs> like, in one moment, just seriously. Uh, ritual of mine growing up, and this is me going to sound bad, but every Saturday, it felt like growing up, I would, uh, I would wake up, my sister would wake up, and this was like up until she was like in high school, probably, because then she was too cool. She's five years older than me. We'd wake up, we'd grab blankets. Saturday morning. Saturday morning cartoons with popsicles. That's right. Like, we would have popsicles and Saturday morning cartoons. It was amazing. Sometimes my dad would join us. But rituals, right? What I want you to grab a hold of it's just the idea that rituals enact out something from within. They're packed full of meaning, and our hearts are fully engaged. They mark time, and they kind of behave almost like a doorway that we pass through. It's like something that we're stepping into and entering into. A few different people now, we've only had two talks on forgiveness. This is our third one. A few different people have asked me whether or not I think that you actually have to say the words out loud, I forgive you. My simple answer is no, I don't think you have to say that. Those words are merely a ritual. That's all they are. They're a tradition, they're a practice. They're something that we've said, hey, look, we, we need something to express what's going on in here. But we're going to put words with it. That's what we're going to do. Now, we know at the same time that you can speak those words and nothing in here can happen at all. Right? I live in a house with three boys. 
that a day goes by without someone hurting someone somehow, especially now that Silas bought real handcuffs. <laughs> so, we're at our house and something, somewhere, somehow happens. And the next thing that follows could be really sweet or it could be really superficial. And so, like, you know, you hear it. And they're complaining and they're crying and someone's whining about something. And then the next thing you know, it's like, hey, you need to say you're sorry. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? I forgive you. Right? Now, I don't think anybody's heart was engaged. I think this was an empty ritual. I think they were planning out the ritual. Plotting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, totally. They're plotting it out. The wheels are turning. It's like I'm gonna get those handcuffs and throw a swallow the key. But we have a phrase for that. It's called going through the motions, right? So we acknowledge that you can literally, physically, outwardly, externally do something, but nothing internally changes or happens. You're just going through motions. You're not engaging your heart. You can say the words, I forgive you. Will you forgive me? I forgive you. I'm sorry. You can say all of these words, but possibly they have no power, they have no depth, they have no meaning because they don't tap into your heart. It's just going through the motions. Purely external, only words or actions, yet you didn't mean it to the extent that you entered into anything. You didn't pass through, you didn't step into anything, and there's no real change that's happened. I only mention that because I think forgiveness is something that you have to enter into through your heart. I really do. So maybe forgiveness isn't about saying you're sorry at all for you. Because maybe those words hold no power and no meaning. Maybe they're tired, right? And so what you have to think about is, man, maybe I need a new ritual for forgiveness. Maybe that's what I need. Maybe so that I can tap into my heart and engage my heart somehow, maybe I need something different than just words. Maybe I need something physical or tangible. Maybe I need something new to enact out what's happening in my heart. So, with that said, I came up with some suggestions. They're just options for you, really. New rituals of forgiveness, right? Maybe there's a song that you can find and grab a hold of that you can play. Maybe it will evoke some kind of emotion or some kind of feeling for you. Maybe you can turn to that song. Maybe you can formulate a mantra, right? <laughs> And that can be the thing you come back to. Maybe it's not the words like, I'm sorry, or will you forgive me, or I forgive you, but you create something that does possess meaning for you. That says like, oh yeah, that's how I can let it go. Like some of the definitions I've written up of forgiveness, my favorite one, forgiveness is refusing to let someone rob you of your joy. For me, that's a good mantra for me to say over and over again, for me to realize I need to forgive. I need to do this. I need to practice that. Where we live, maybe you should consider a trail that you could walk or run or something when you need to forgive someone. It's like Eastern traditions. They have like labyrinths that they walk through and they ponder things or when they're holding something deep and they need to 
to engage and tap into their heart. Or uh, they have stares, <laughs> right? It's like, hey, you're looking heavy. You're looking like you need to forgive somebody. You better like take that path right there all the way to the top and think about that, you know? Maybe there's a trail you could literally hear, devote to, when I'm holding something and when I've got that thing, I'm gonna hit that trail. That's my space. That's my place. That's what I'm gonna do. Or maybe you can use your creative potential and craft a serious, seriously unique expression. A forgiveness ritual that's really different. Um, I was trying to think of some, and I already shared some, you know, like you could grab a bunch of rocks and carry them around in your pocket slowly, like just try and let them go every time you think about stuff. Um, I was thinking about one, like sometimes when people grieve, they wear certain colors. Maybe that's you. Maybe you could wear certain colors. Maybe you could say, hey, I'm gonna wear that outfit until. <laughs> no. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure you guys can get creative. And you can figure something else out that works for you. And that's the point. The point is, is that there's so much you can do, but you have to find what works for you. I can't stand here and tell you what that is. I can give you like directions, I can help with options, or maybe give you choices. But I don't know what's gonna work for you. I said, for me, I think something that really helps is getting it out of my head. I feel like it's stuck in my head a lot. And so for me to tangibly write it down on a piece of paper, or to put it out of here and get it down somewhere is great. And then I can tear it up, I can rip it up, I can burn it, I can recycle it, I can mail it, no return address, I can bury it, I can walk all over it on the bottom of my shoes. I can do so many things with it once it's out of here, but I've gotta get it out of here and get it onto something. I would just encourage you to find out what it is for you that would help you tap into your heart. Create a new forgiveness ritual. Now at the same time, you're probably sitting here, you're probably saying, Phil, yeah, geez, that sounds good. I don't have that kind of time. I'm not even that creative. I don't know what would work for me. And I honestly don't need one more thing to do. Well, just as there are forgiveness rituals, there are unforgiveness rituals too. So I want to talk about those for a few minutes. Because I always like coming around it from another angle. Perhaps what you need to do is not find a new forgiveness ritual. But what you need to do is the even harder work and interrupt an unforgiveness ritual that you've been practicing for God knows how long. An unforgiveness ritual that you've made habitual and almost natural. And you don't even recognize you do it or that you possess that or that you practice it. Let me repeat that. Perhaps what you need to do is not find a new forgiveness ritual, but do the even harder work and interrupt an unforgiveness ritual that you have been practicing for God knows how long. An unforgiveness ritual that you've made habitual and almost natural. You don't even know it's there. I think more often than not, we tend to think that forgiveness is unnatural. Forgiveness. Because unforgiveness just seems so easy, right? It's like revenge. It's a no-brainer. Like, they hurt me, I hurt them. But I kind of disagree. I just think that we've had more practice at unforgiveness. 
I think we've practiced it so long, and just like a muscle, you exercise that, and it gets stronger, and it gets stronger, and it gets stronger. And before you know it, we defer to rituals of unforgiveness, and over lots of times, we establish patterns and habits and traditions and rituals of unforgiveness, and habits are hard to break. And so when it comes up, Forgiving someone requires like effort, determination, energy, and creativity. And breaking a habit that pushes you into unforgiveness requires the same amount of energy, and determination, and effort. I can guarantee you that breaking your habits and rituals of unforgiveness, are, it's tough and it's difficult. So you've got like rituals over here that are like positive you know you've got rituals that are going to bring you life that are going to lift you up that are going to carry you forward you've got rituals over here that actually push you down they kind of bury you a bit they bring death really like to your life like when we talk about someone living fully human and living tapped in and engaged like with the world and other people like, there are rituals and patterns that we've established that go against that flow. That's what I'm talking about. Rituals of unforgiveness. How do we disrupt those? How do we, like, stop those? Here's a few that I came up with. And again, like, all I'm doing is revealing myself. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, the only thing I have to tap into is, well, what do I do? <laughs> you know? So here we go. Distance. You hurt me, and I create distance. Right? It's a pattern of unforgiveness. I'm just going to let that sit a while. Silence. The silent treatment, right? Oh, it's such a good one. Uh, <laughs> I'm good at that one, too. Ian knows. Like, it's, and, and you just do it. And maybe, see, it's not about creating a, a, a new ritual that I can do. It's just about disrupting that. It's about like causing that to stop and breaking that down. I don't have to create anything new. I just have to not give her the silent treatment. I have to stop that and get in the way. She's like, yo. Um, absence. Music again. What songs do you run to to reinforce your mood or anger? back that up. Like, I go to Rage Against the Machine, or like some M&M. &M. <laughs> like, I've got all my lists. I've got playlists geared towards that. <laughs> right? That's crazy. Maybe I'm a different generation. It's all right. But like, how funny. Don't, don't um, listen to that song. It's clear. <laughs> <laughs> she hears me go to the other room. <laughs> she hears it. Yeah. Rage Against the Machine. Sometimes they get me pumped up. Like, I'll listen to them too before I run, you know? Because I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's not about unforgiveness then, but there's other times. Um, people. This is a tough one, but I wanted to throw it out there because there are people who are not a part of the story that I can go to that I know will support me in all of my bad feelings towards that individual. And so I'll run to them, and I'll have it out with them. Or maybe I know someone who hates 
that person too. Pretty awesome. So like in a pattern of unforgiveness in a ritual that I'll do, I'll seek that person out. So I can stay right where I am. Right? And I can feel all of that stuff that I want to feel. And I don't have to step through or enter into any kind of forgiveness. I'll say words. I'll throw looks. I'll do whatever I can. Now, I don't know what it is for you again. Just like I don't know what, what like positive ritual of forgiveness you can enter into or step into or create or, or, or embrace or practice that would help you, I don't know what rituals of unforgiveness you practice, but you probably do. And with a little effort, you could also probably figure those out and highlight those a little bit. Some of them might be a little tough to figure out at first. Ann pointed something out to me the other day. She goes, you know what you have a really hard time with? And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it like that. But it's kind of how I felt. What do I have a really hard time with? You have a hard time with people who have a lot of money and they're stingy. And I said, you're damn right. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, it was like, yup. Struck a chord right there. Like, I already, I'm getting riled up. Like, I do. How interesting. That's a pattern I should pay attention to. That's something I should highlight and understand. Like, you're going to have these patterns and rituals. And I'm asking you, what is it that you could disrupt? What is it that you could get in the way of and get in the front of and stop it from happening? And better enter into forgiveness because you stopped that from occurring again. Um, back in first grade, Silas, I'm telling the story. We just told it in there, so he already knows it's coming. Um, we found a note in his bedroom. It was all folded up. And we opened it up. And on this note was written every boy in his class. Next to every name was either a blank space or tally marks. And we and Ian asked her thing, like, what is this? What is this thing? And so we go to him and we're like, Silas, tell us about this note. What is this thing? It's all been folded up a few times, opened up. You know, you can tell us one word enough. And he said, Well, I've devised a clever plan to determine who to invite to my next birthday. <laughs> do tell right and he said well here's the deal when someone says something nice to me or gives me something or helps me out or you know they're being nice to me you get a point <laughs> and if they're not being nice to me and they haven't done anything like they don't get a point by the time my next birthday rolls around we'll see who scores the highest <laughs> That's who's coming to the party. Take like the top five or something, you know? So, absolutely hilarious conversation. And we're talking, and of course we set him straight. And uh, we let him know it wasn't very cool. But what was so shocking and, and kind of funny, and also not at the same time about that, is how true that is to how most of us operate. And we spin it slightly. 
We spin it slightly, but it's the whole idea of keeping score, right? So we're talking about rituals of unforgiveness. Keeping score is when you take all the wrong things that people have done to you, and you essentially file them away. You keep them. All the hurts, all the pain. You store it up somewhere so you can access it again. So that when something else happens, it triggers this kind of flood of emotion. It rushes to the surface, and all these other things bubble up that have happened in the past that have nothing to do with this thing now. This one thing that just happened now is actually now a giant, massive thing because it's got a steam behind it. It's got momentum behind it. It has all of these other things along with it. This person doesn't just have one tally mark for the thing that they just did. This person has hundreds. Because you've been filing them away. And you've been keeping score. That's a really interesting ritual of unforgiveness that happens. Again, there are rituals that are going to beat you down. They're over here. They're going to beat you down. They're going to rob you of joy. They're going to bury you. They're bad ones. They lock you up. They don't bring life. They bring death. And then there's going to be rituals that lift you up. They're good. They set you free, and they bring you life. Here's my advice. I spent a better part of today preparing for a DJ gig that's coming up that I've got. And... Uh, First thing I had to do was lug all of this heavy equipment around. Jeez. Sound equipment. Man, it's heavy stuff. I'm like scrawny. So it's tough stuff. Lots of speakers, lots of cases, more cases filled with all kinds of things. Then I had to unpack it all. I had to set it up. I kind of got levels set, and I was running through different things. Then I had to tear it all back down. Then I had to repack it all back up. Somewhere in the middle of the process, I realized that I had too much gear. <laughs> I was like, dude, this is too much stuff. Why in the world, you know? I wasn't going to need all of this for this job coming up. In fact, this job coming up is pretty easy. Still worries me, but pretty easy. There was stuff in there that I wasn't going to use for this particular job, and I had no business carrying it around. Stuff I wasn't going to use, stuff I could leave behind, and I could make my life a lot easier. these rituals of forgiveness and unforgiveness, especially keeping score, my advice, and I'm saying this to myself just as much as I'm saying it out loud to you right now, sometimes you just need to stop carrying it all around. Because it's weighing you down, and it's making forgiveness seem impossible. Perhaps you don't need a new ritual. You just need to disrupt the ritual of unforgiveness of keeping score. So next time we get together, April 20th, not April 6th, we're going to talk about owning the part that's yours. Owning the part that's yours. 
It's going to be our last talk on forgiveness. We could obviously talk about forgiveness like forever, I feel like. But we've got other stuff to talk about, other topics to tackle and discuss. Fun stuff, too. Uh, so, with that said, 712 <laughs> over there, 715 here. You know. uh, with that said, I'm going to leave you with just a few words at the end. Kind of the promise, kind of the hope. Until next time, may you never go through the motions. It is my hope that you will try new rituals of forgiveness and that you will also do the difficult work of breaking old habits and unlearning your rituals of unforgiveness. May you discover that keeping score is a tired and heavy way to live life. And instead, may you practice rituals that tap into your heart and make forgiveness a living, breathing reality for you. Amen. Hey, that's all I've got. It's 7.15. We've got some desserts. We've got some drinks. You guys can grab some. And always feel free to chat and talk and, and, and share stuff. Um, I do want to plug just one last time. Uh, several people have asked, to have these things recorded, several people have asked to you know, have a blog and all that good stuff. So we are recording everyone. I've actually been recording them since last May. We just haven't put them out there yet. I've slowly been putting them on SoundCloud so people can tap into them near and far. And then we just did get the blog up and running. So when I send out an email to you, if you're on that list of emails, we'll always include like a link to the blog. So you can guarantee next week, Next Wednesday, I already have a good idea of how I'm going to nudge you just a little bit more in the rituals of unforgiveness. And so I'll post a blog about that. And then we'll always try to include, you know, like a SoundCloud link to the last talk before we go into the next talk. So anyway, got to make the plugs, but really appreciate you guys being here and uh, just kind of being intentional about talking about some of this stuff enjoy so thank you and we will see you next Wednesday that we get together on April 20th <laughs> anyway we'll see you guys next time thank you <laughs>